Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 24. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We are picking up our study in verse uh, 28. Saints, if you're looking at verse 28, would you say amen? amen? Then they drew near to the village where they were going. Anybody know where they were going? Where were they going? Emmaus, very good. They drew near to the village where they were going, Emmaus, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, in verse 31, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Verse 32, y'all read it with me. And then they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and they returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Saints, stop right there. Were you with me last week? Were you with me? Okay. Then, for those of you that don't know, last week we ended in verse 27. It's a very important verse. Let's look at it again. In verse 27, and beginning, read it with me because y'all know I need help today. In verse 27, read it with me. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So Jesus, look, look at me, give me your attention. Jesus sits down and he starts to teach a Bible study from the Old Testament, pointing out himself. He's on the road to Emmaus. He joins these two disciples. We don't know who one of them was. We know one was Cleopas and the other we don't know. But, we jo- but Jesus joined these two disciples as they are walking. They don't know that it's Jesus because he is in his resurrected body. And he asked them, what was, why were they so sad and what were they talking about? And they said to him, what, have you had your head in the sand? Don't you know what's been going on around here in Jerusalem? And Jesus said, what things? And they began to explain to him all the things that had been going on, that Jesus had been crucified and that he died. And then the women went to the tomb to find him and they couldn't find him. He wasn't there and all of these things. And then he began to expound to them in the scriptures, beginning at Moses, the things concerning himself. So Jesus would say, as he 
is in his resurrected body, keep that in mind, and they don't know it's Jesus, got to keep that in mind as well. He would say to them, well, you remember in Genesis 3, that whole thing about the serpent getting his head crushed and bruised heel? Remember that? And they would say, yeah, yeah, we remember that. And Jesus would say, that was me. Remember, he's pointing out the things concerning himself. Jesus is in the Old Testament, seen throughout the Old Testament. That's why we ought to read the Old Testament, because we can see Jesus in the Old Testament. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm happy about that, because the Old Testament is not boring. Some people say, oh, Old Testament's boring. We don't need the Old Testament. Yeah, we do, because Jesus is in the Old Testament. So Jesus is having a Bible study, pointing out himself from the Old Testament, as he would say, don't you remember in Genesis chapter 22 when Abraham was to sacrifice his only son? And then there's that prophecy in the Bible in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Remember that? And he would ask the, those disciples, where did I die? And they would say, on oh, Mount Moriah. And he'd say, hmm, that was a picture of me. And then in Exodus chapter 12, the Passover lamb, the doorpost and the lintel had blood. The lamb was sacrificed and the blood was taken and applied to the doorpost and the lintel forming a cross. And remember, the angel of death would fly over. And whenever he would look down and see the cross on the doorpost of the lintel, he would pass over that house. And that brought salvation and redemption to that house. Remember that, he would say to those guys? And they would say, yeah. And Jesus would say, guess what? That was a picture of me as well. And remember the sacrifice in the temple, the lamb that was slain in the Old Testament. That was a picture of me. I am the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And remember the articles in the temple. And piece by piece, listen, Jesus would explain how each of them spoke of him. Jesus would say, I was in the early morning sacrifices, in the evening sacrifices. And remember, Moses couldn't lead the children of Israel into the promised land. But Joshua, Jesus, that's a picture of me, is the one that brings them into their inheritance and into the promises of God and into their rest. And every glimmer and every shot and every image and every picture was a picture of him. And I can imagine they're walking slower at this point. They're walking slower at this point. They're probably like, hmm, man, wow, amazing. Hmm, this guy sure does know a lot about the Bible. Wow, really? Yeah, and Jesus was saying Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9 and Psalm 22. In Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That was a picture of me. Really? Wow. He's teaching them the scriptures. And and what I wouldn't give, listen, to have a copy of that sermon. You know, some of y'all go to BSF. That's a great, great Bible study. And you guys receive exceptional teaching from the pulpit of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Say amen. Amen. But there's nothing like being in a Bible study that Jesus was teaching. He's sitting there teaching him the Bible study. That's where we left off last week. So this is a post-resurrection appearance of Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And in the Bible, listen, there are many post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. If you're taking notes, you write this down. 1 Corinthians 15, 6 tells us that 
500 people saw Jesus after he rose from the grave. Verse 34 tells us he appeared to Simon Peter. John chapter 20, you look that up in your own time. It tells us that Mary is at the tomb crying and, 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 and a man appears behind her. And Jesus said, Mary. And I believe it was something in his voice that she recognized. She turned around and said, Rabboni, which means teacher. And she grabbed a hold of him and she was clinging to him. I mean, hold him like in a grip lock. And Jesus said, Mary, let me go. Don't cling to me. In the Greek language, don't cling to me means a full Nelson. She had him in a full Nelson, man. And she's like, oh, Jesus is like, Mary, let me go. Let me go. Don't cling to me, Mary. Go out and tell other people, go tell the others. Jesus appeared then to his disciples. So many appearances of Jesus after the resurrection. Well, verse 28, it tells us, go ahead and peek at it again. As they were walking on the road to Emmaus, you get the impression that they're almost home. And keep in mind, they still don't know it's Jesus. But they're blown away by the guy who knows so much about the Bible. And they get close to the house, and Jesus says, well, you guys, we're here, and you know what? I'll go down the road. I'm going to keep going a little bit further down the road. Notice in verse 29, it says, they constrained him. That means they were urging him to stay. They were probably, they had to be enjoying the fellowship. Are y'all getting this? They were just enjoying the fellowship. Enjoying Jesus sharing the word and talking and walking and the unity and the fellowship. And they urged him to stay. And they're probably saying, no, no, you should stay. I mean, you know, it's getting nighttime. It's dark out there. And, you know, there's no street lamps in those days. They had no street lamps. So they're thinking, oh, it's getting dark out there. And there's wolves and robbers on the road and danger. You know, the roads are really dark. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on a really, really dark road where there was no lights. But it is like scarily dark. I remember one time I was out robbing with Elvira. And uh, I was out there by, I don't even know the name of the road, but it's like, I know Scott Mill Housing, Scott Mills. Y'all know where that is out there past Apex? Back, what is it? That's Scott Mills area. What do they call it? Apex Barbecue Road. That's what it was, right? And it was like, like, like 10 years ago or something, they had no lights and there was nothing back there back then. I took a fire for a ride. I'm riding down the road. And all of a sudden, I turned my lights off. And I did it just to scare her. So we driving in the dark. I'm like, whoo. She's like, boy, you would turn them lights on. Turn them on. Turn them lights on. I'm like, ooh, wee. I turn them on for a second, make sure ain't nothing in the way. Turn them back off. Ooh, wee. This is what the fun of it. But when you're on a dark road, it is dark. Well, in Jesus' day, the roads were dark. The guys are encouraging him to stay with them because it can be dangerous and the roads are dark. And Jesus saying, no, 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 I better go. I better go. And finally, Jesus gave in and he went inside. Now, notice this about verse 29. 
Jesus, notice his response to the invitation. They invited Jesus in, and Jesus came in and sat at the table. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. I've got it for you on the screen. Would you read it with me? Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Do you realize if you ask Jesus to come into your heart, he will. He stands at the door like a gentleman and knocks. And if you, the handle is on your side, if you open the door, he will come in and fellowship with you. Isn't that great news? Oh, y'all should clap your hands right there. I think that's great news that God will. He doesn't have to, but he will. He'll come in. You know, it reminds me of this story of this new pastor who was visiting the homes of people who go to his church. And at one house, obviously somebody was in the house, so the pastor kept knocking, but no answer. He kept knocking on the door and still no answer. Well, finally, he took out his business card and he wrote on the back of it, Revelation 3.20, which reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he stuck it in the door. Well, the following Sunday, the offering was taken and the pastor found his business card had been returned. And Genesis 3.10 was written alongside Revelation 3.20. And he grabbed his Bible quickly, and he opened his Bible to Genesis 3.10, which reads, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. (laughs) That's why he didn't open the door. But if you invite Jesus in, he'll come in. He stands at the door and knocks at your heart. And if you don't invite him in, listen... He'll go down the road a little further, and he'll find an open heart. But you must invite him in. Notice in verse 30, Jesus comes in, and he sat down, and he takes the seat of the host. Notice, are you looking at verse 30 and 31? He took the bread, he broke it, he blessed it, and he gave it. And all of a sudden, their eyes were open, and they knew him. Now, my question is, I wonder, how did they know him? What? How? When he handed them the bread, did they notice the nail scars in his hands? Did, they, did he have a certain way of blessing the food? And they recognized that. Did they hear something or see something that was familiar? Their eyes were open and they knew him. And then he disappeared. So Jesus is saying grace, and all of a sudden, they open their eyes, and he's gone. He vanished in the thin air. And what I wouldn't give to have a DVD copy of this one, he vanishes in the thin air. He's holding the bread. He vanishes in the thin air, and the bread just drops on the table. And they're probably sitting there going, did you see what I just saw? Am I the only one that's seen this? And they are probably freaked out. I mean, so Jesus, and then in verse 32, notice after Jesus disappeared, I love verse 32. After Jesus disappeared, he said, did not our hearts, they said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Listen, some of us, listen, give me your attention. Look at me. Some of us need a good case of heartburn. And I'm not talking about the heartburn that comes from ravioli and meat sauce. I'm talking about a heartburn 
that comes from Jesus speaking to you. Listen, you've got to take this away from this sermon. If you take nothing else away, you understand, and please take this away. Notice their hearts. Notice the distinction here. Their hearts burned while he spoke with them, not while they spoke with him. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us? Are y'all listening? While he talked to us and while he opened the scriptures to us. So their hearts burned within them while he spoke with them, not while they spoke with him. You know, people tell me that they have their prayer time. And, you know, as they're leaving in the morning, they say, you know, we're just talking about prayer or whatever it is, devotion, whatever. You have devotion time? Yeah. Prayer time? Yeah. Well, you know, in the morning I have my prayer time. When I get in the car and, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in the traffic on 440 and I just turn off the radio and I have a time of prayer. Can I tell you something? That's, that's good. Uh, that's great. And matter of fact, the Bible says, let us boldly come unto the throne of grace where we receive grace and mercy and help in a time of need. We can come to God at any time, any place, anywhere, any moment in your car. You can pray while you're driving. Just don't close your eyes. But you can, we, can, we can pray and come into his presence at any time. Somebody need to clap your hands and get happy about that. That's a wonderful thing. That is a wonderful thing. But can I tell you something? It's not the best. It's not the best. The best is when you get along with God and God talks to you. It's one thing to talk to God, but it's vastly different when God talks to you. Some of y'all know, can I get a witness from anybody? You know what I'm talking about? It's vastly different when God talks to you. You don't get heartburn from talking to God. You get heartburn when God talks to you. Again, you can't look at verse 32 enough. Look at it again. In verse 32, did not our hearts burn within us as what, saints? He talked to us, and while he did what? Open the scriptures to us. Listen, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, your heart, listen, I'm just trying to help you. Your heart will burn when you turn off the TV, when you turn off the cell phone, when you turn off the iPad, you turn off the Xbox, you turn off the email, you turn off the kids. Amen. It'd be nice if they came with a switch, but they don't. But when you turn off the kids and you open up the scriptures and when you open up the scriptures, listen, God will speak to you and your heart will burn. Your heart will not burn by you talking to him in prayer. That's not the way to get your heart burning. The way to get, a, uh, to get heart burned is that you alone with God. You know, somebody once said, you know, you get in your prayer closet. Last week at Credo, Credo is a blessing. I love this class. I Honestly, it is a blessing. Last week we were talking about your prayer closet. Were we not? We were talking about your prayer closet. And, and, and I was shocked to learn that a lot of people thought that the prayer closet was actually a physical closet in the house where you go into and pray. One lady even told me after, after class, she goes, you know what? I'm going to have to put all that stuff back in my closet. 
She took all her stuff out of the prayer closet so she could go in there and pray. Listen, your prayer closet isn't a closet in the house. Your prayer closet is a place where it's just you and God. It's a place where you, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. It's a place where, where you're just alone with God. I, I asked the class, I said, how many people in this class, and there might have been, I don't know, 75 people in there. I said, how many people in this class thinks a prayer closet is a physical closet? I would say probably three-fourths of the class thought that. I'm like, you're kidding me. I said, how many of y'all th- think that chocolate milk comes from black and white cows? <laughs> and some hands went up on that too. I said, you're kidding me. I am so ignorant. I did not know. Folk don't, I did not know. But your prayer closet is wherever you get along with God. Listen, some years ago, I used to have a Volkswagen Vanagon. Now, some of y'all are too young to even remember that car. If you remember that, anybody who remembers that car? The, the, it was a van. And I loved that van. It was my first car that I ever bought that had no mileage on it. I was the first one to drive it. And I was happy. I love that car. It was a Volkswagen Vanagon. It's a big square box basically on wheels. And I tinted the windows. If they had had rims, I'd have put some rims on it. I'd have tricked that thing out. I'd have been rolling in my Vanagon. I'm rolling in the hood. I'm like, yeah, what y'all think about this? I know I'm fly. In my van again. And uh, so, and the van was just a big box. It was, a, I got a lot of kids in. And it was just a, a, a big box. And, and, and I used to, at lunchtime, I used to get in the van again. And that was my prayer closet. And I would read the word and study the word. And God would speak to me. And my heart would burn. As verses would jump off the page, and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. God began to speak to me, and God began to show me things in the Word of God when I took the time. Listen, that did not happen when I was just driving along and praying. That does not happen when you're just out and about and you're praying or you just stop here and pray with somebody. All of that's good. But if you want heartburn, you have to get along with Jesus so he can open the scriptures to you. And your eyes will be open. And you will see the thing. And God will then begin to speak to you. And the problem is, is we don't spend time with God. Here comes the conviction. We don't spend time with God anymore. Whatever happened to the days where people just got along with God? God along with God, just you and God. My question to you, when is the last time that you just sat alone? in a room, or in a van again, alone, with just you, God, and the B-I-B-L-E. And you just sat there and just let God speak to you. Whatever happened in those days, honestly, in the church today, that's pretty rare among Christians, I will tell you that. Why? Because we are too busy. And I will tell you something, if you are too busy to spend time with God, then you are too busy. You are too, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands up, do something, uh, something. The time where you just spend time with God, listen, those are the times that are meaningful. 
Those are the times where God will speak to you. Those are the times where God will refresh you. And I would even challenge you and ask you, maybe if there's something missing in your life as a believer, maybe you're going to church, oh, you're reading your Bible, you're going to worship, you're involved in a Bible study, you're involved in a women's study, a men's study, or whatever. Listen, if there's something still missing in your life, I would venture to say it could be that you don't spend time alone with God. Can I get a witness from somebody? Anybody? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just you and God. And reading his word and letting God speak and and, and letting the verses and the passages just jump out and the word of God just explodes and comes alive and your heart burns. Keep in mind, these guys are discouraged and defeated on this road to Emmaus. But after he speaks the word, their hearts are burning and full of passion. They go from discouragement and defeat to a faith that has been rekindled and reignited. And their limping doubt becomes leaping faith. And the garment of praise has replaced the spirit of heaviness. And heartbreak has turned to heartburn after Jesus spoke the word to them. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.